Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 50th episode of the Gills Talk podcast. I cannot believe that we are at episode 50 already. If you have been here since day one, or maybe you started listening last week, thank you for your continued support. And I cannot wait to bring you even more episodes interviewing women in shark science from around the world. We have been able to learn so much of what is happening around the world and being able to hear that through the women that are doing it as well. So today for our 50th episode, we have a special one with two incredible women and them being my coworkers as well, Ashley Novak and Victoria Minyeko, who work on the science team for the Atlantic White Shark Conservancy. We are gonna get into shark ID, drones, and balloons on a string to see what white shark or great white shark research is happening off of Cape Cod. So sit back and relax, and thank you all again for supporting the podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Gills Talk podcast. We have a very special episode because we have two of some of my favorite people that I get to work with. We have some of our research team at the Atlantic White Shark Conservancy. We have our research coordinator and as well as one of our Gills Club scientists, Ashley Novak, on. You have probably heard about Ashley if you've been listening to this podcast for a little bit and about her past work. We're not going to get into that today. So if you are interested in hearing about what Ashley has previously done before coming on with the Atlantic White Shark Conservancy, please go back to that episode. We also have one of our research technicians on with us today. We also have Victoria Midnieko on today too. So we're very excited to have her on the podcast. So welcome ladies. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for having us. So this is the first time that we actually I've done a podcast with two people on at the same time. So bear with us. We definitely have like the mid end of the week end of the day giggles today. So listeners, (laughs) if you hear us getting all like giggly and silly, please don't mind us. They're out this today. So I think we're just going to kick it off. And I know we haven't really learned much about Victoria since you've never been on the podcast before. So I would love for you to describe to our listeners, you know, how you got here to this current position. Sure. So I was a research intern in 2020. Um, And then after that, I was hired on as a seasonal technician in 2021. And then after that, I was hired on as a full-time research technician in the same year, I believe. Yep. Same year. Yeah. So yeah, that was kind of my progression. Yeah. (laughs) So then looking at what your day-to-day is, what do you do in this role now? I kind of help out in various different projects, um, mostly during the field season. I help with flying the drone. And a few years ago, I helped with ballooning as well when we flew the balloon. And I help with white shark IDs too. I did a lot of that when I was an intern, so I still do a lot of that. It's so much fun. And anything else that, you know, research needs help with, I have a hand in. So you do a little bit of everything. You're the, the jack of all trades, being able to do IDs, ballooning, drone work, and all that stuff. So then I'm going to kick it over to Ashley. So Ashley, I know we've done a podcast with you before, but just to reintroduce our listeners to you and what you do, I'd love to explain what your role is within this organization. Yeah, I am essentially doing a lot of the same things that Victoria is working on. So I'm also working on the white shark IDs. I also help with some of the data analysis as well. So I 
really enjoy coding. And so uh, any tasks that um, our staff scientist Megan Winton can throw to me that I can do in R really fast or really slow. <laughs> I will say that coding sometimes is not super fast, but uh, anything that I can help out with, I'm, I'm working on. So a lot of the camera tag work that we do, the cats tags, I'm working on processing some of that data. I'm also, you know, I help with any of the students or I sometimes help with collaborators that come in and they need data. I'm also a jack of all trades. So that's you know. Yeah, so I know that we do a lot here on the research side. So if anyone is interested in hearing about some of that work, we're going to get into that too today. But if you also want to hear more, please go back to Ashley's episode or to our staff scientist episode, Megan Winton. She's all the way back in season one. She might have been like my third or fourth episode. So please go back and listen to that if you want to hear a little more. But I would love to hear about some ID work. So in talking about IDs, I know we had a really exciting last few years with getting through all of the IDs that we have been going on so far. ID work is constantly moving, but I know you had a backlog of stuff because we were just busy. I should say you were busy as a research team going out there and getting video footage of sharks. So if for one of you two would like to talk about it, being able to go through that process and finding how to ID a great white shark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really fun. It I always fun. equate opening up a new uh, folder of stills that our algorithm spits out. So we basically send one of these underwater video footage through an algorithm and it spits out no shark stills and stills with a shark in it. And we just like, you know, open up that folder of shark stills. And I always think of it as like a new present on Christmas morning (laughs) because you never know what you're going to get. Is it going to be an old shark that hasn't been seen in a while? Or is it going to be a new shark that with really interesting features that are really unique to that one? So it's really fun. And to date, we've cataloged over 600 unique individuals, which can all be viewed on the White Shark Logbook, which we've been spending a lot of time as a whole uh, research team updating with the... uh, all those new slides of all the individual sharks. And we also just added the 2022 historic um, acoustic detection data from last year. So we've been a really busy research team the last few months, all working together, (laughs) which has been really nice. Yeah, it's it's fun. It's kind of like piecing together a puzzle. Um, And sometimes you only get one part of the puzzle, like a a small section of the shark that you kind of have to tease through our catalog and make that really hard match. But when you do, it's so satisfying. (laughs) <laughs> so I, that was a question I, I was going to ask and e- either of you can answer it so when you're looking at a match you know you're opening up this new present right that it could be really hard to make a match you know our water here off the cape is sometimes not the clearest um, you know sharks are not always working with us right they might be swimming away really fast or they might just not be giving us the proper angle we need um, being able to identify so i would love to hear let's say victoria i would love to hear about a time that you were just like working on a shark but then you were able to finally get a match or get an id yes uh, real quick i'm gonna go through our instagram because we made a post about that but i forget the name of the shark so let me (laughs) let me pull up the name of the shark so as victoria is pulling that up yes Yes. So as Victoria, though, is pulling that up, you might think, how does Victoria not remember this? Well, as Ashley said, there's over 600 sharks that this team has identified so far. That's a lot of sharks to remember and a lot of names to remember as well. And they all have each individual unique names to 
charcuterie to scoop there it is to candy cane you know so there are just a little silly name well, I should, I should, they're not silly they are really unique and fun and yeah sometimes the, it can be hard to remember them yeah well the naming scheme that we you know sometimes you know scoop there it is i want to shout out myself because yes. that is the my favorite name to date that i've created and in the i believe it's the right left side counter shading of that shark you can double check me by going to the white shark logbook but it has a big scoop shape and so if we ever were to see that shark again hopefully we would have you know a shot of the left side if we had a shot of the left side counter shading we would be able to be like oh my god look at that giant scoop it must be scoop there it is we would go to our catalog and be like oh it is we can confirm or not confirm that it's the same shark so our though our you know naming scheme is kind of fun it's really for a purpose so a lot of these sharks have you know we pull out features that are really unique to that shark and we make a name based off of them and it helps jog our memory and it makes the identifying process much more uh, expedient than you know just giving them a random name (laughs) Victoria did you find your shark yes I remember the shark name it was white shark breach Uh and breach was uh, super cool because when we first saw breach we got kind of really horrible footage of breach only a quick pass through the water quality was pretty bad and we only got I think breach was a pretty skittish shark so we only got a little bit and but breach had a very particular um along the counter shading a it's a white splotch that looks like a breaching dolphin or a breaching Mm. whale so that's why we called her white shark breach and then we didn't see her for years um and we only had that little that little part of breach to identify her with so years go by and finally we see another shark and it has a very familiar counter shading pattern and we're like why does that look so familiar and that little feature is white shark breach and we have a full catalog we could fill up her whole entire catalog with all of her features now because the second time we saw her she gave us all of complete pass pass throughs which was cool to see that is really cool and i think it's important to note that when we see a white shark we are taking a video every single time we see one and when our research team is out in the field We might be in an area where there could be one shark, there could be two sharks, there could be three sharks, but we don't know if it's the same one that we just saw an hour beforehand. So we do have to continue to take that video footage of every shark because sometimes the first video might not be as great. It could be a quick pass by just like Victoria was saying. So it is important to keep continuing that video footage and year after year. That's why I always love James because James always seemed to come back with a new scar, with a new injury. And it kind of then shares a story with one of that individual too. Yeah, absolutely. And I will say that we, both sides of the shark have different patterns on them. And we also use a bunch of different regions of the shark to confirm that it's the same shark typically. Um, So we use the gills, the dorsal fin, um, the dorsal trailing edge is also unique. The, we've mentioned counter shading a few times. So it's where the top gray meets the bottom white along the sides of the body. That pattern is really unique. Um, the pelvic fin and then the caudal fin and we use some other supplementary features like injuries as Kristen just mentioned um, to make those matches and we you know we like to make sure that you know we don't have we're not calling or we don't have one shark and we you know we only have one pass of one side of the body we you know in order for it to be a in, a, in our catalog, it's got to have all those features. So while we might have, you know, footage from a couple years ago with only like one or two features, it doesn't make 
it into our official catalog until we are sure and can confirm that it isn't a match to any of the ones that we do have full features of, if that makes sense. So our process is really rigorous and we want to make sure that, you know, we have a full complete idea of what this shark looks like before we make it an official shark. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think what's really cool about this catalog, then if anyone is listening that is lives along the East Coast or is going to be visiting Cape Cod or diving off of Florida or South or North Carolina, you know, you might come across a great white during your dive or your fishing trip. And if you do get really good footage, we would love to see it. Send it to us on social media, email it over to us because we could potentially, when I say we, the research team, could potentially (laughs) make an ID of that shark. Or you can go on the logbook yourself and flip through and compare your video footage to those 600 plus individuals as well. So it's a really fun way to be be interactive with citizens and have citizen science be a part of this research too. Yeah, we love getting the occasional video that someone collects um, and seeing if we can make a match to anyone in our logbook. So it's really fun. Yeah, that's my favorite thing. I always like saying that about Salty because you know, Salty's tag battery died and then all of a sudden there he is off of Florida a few years later. I mean, there he is. So that's always one of my favorite stories to share. But kind of veering away from the ID work, you know, we talked about, we just mentioned balloons and drones and, you know, like ID balloons, drones, oh my, you know, all those (laughs) types of amazing things that you to get to be able to do up here. So I, both things are kind of similar. Mm -hmm. Maybe. I don't know. Well, I I do know. But (laughs) to say for our listeners, so um, Victoria, I would love for you to kind of describe some of that balloon work that was being done up here. Yeah, totally. Uh, So the balloon that we use was this 12-foot helium balloon with a drone camera attached to the bottom of it. And it was tethered, so it was on a a line that we had attached to um, our station on the beach. And we flew it up in the air. Um, and it was stationary, so we were able to control the gimbal on the camera so we can move it around and peer at sharks in the, on the, along the beach, zoom in and out, and that had a battery life of like three to four hours. So that was, that was the balloon that we used. It was pretty cool. Yeah. So then why are we flying a balloon? Was it just, you know, to sit on the beach all day and look at the beautiful Cape Cod coastline or? Well, we did do that a few (laughs) times because there was some days that we did not see a single shark for like eight hours of sitting out there, which was no complaint because it was a beautiful day and we got to spend it looking for sharks. But yeah, the purpose of that study, um, and it was a pilot study that was done in 2021 and that was when Victoria was hired as a seasonal technician was for the balloon study. Yeah, so we were really interested in observing the nearshore behavior of white sharks, and this platform is, um, as Victoria said, it's stationary, it's fixed over the same location, so we could, you know, just post up there all day and, you know, observe sharks in their natural behavior. So eyes in the sky, another way that we're spying on white sharks and trying to see what they're up to. And, and you know, one of the goals was to see a predation um, so we could be able to classify, you know, under what conditions, because we're also using the balloons as well as now drones, really to test the, the spotting efficiency of these different technologies. Because as you said, the water quality off of the Cape can be really challenging. So we want to you know, be able to see under what, you know, different wind conditions, different water conditions, if it's really turbid, is that impacting our ability to see sharks from these aerial platforms? And so those are some of the big questions that we were trying to answer with the balloon. 
and now we're using the drone because it you know it offers some additional advantages over the balloon mm-hmm. in that drones are mobile and we can follow sharks yes. and the balloon is was fixed over one location mm-hmm. yeah so you're just improving your technology improving ways of being able to spy exactly. on sharks exactly. so <laughs> then being able to let's then switch to drones because being the cooler the cooler piece of technology in my mind at least <laughs> I love um, the balloon I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> but then then switching over to drones then what are some of these challenges right because a lot of people when they think of flying a drone you do you just send it off you can view things put it back but being on a beach offers different challenges and as well as I know you two had to go through rigorous testing <laughs> to be able to fly this said drone as well. So I'll start off with Victoria. What are some challenges that you have seen yeah, by, sure. by doing this? Um, it, a lot of water quality changes. I mean, the up and down the coast, it just varied day by day, hour by hour even. Um, so trying to uh, fly a drone through that and observing sharks that way was difficult. Also, launching and landing a drone from a boat, which is already a moving platform, and then you have a moving drone in the air, it was also a bit of a challenge, a bit of a learning curve, but we we nailed that down. And like you mentioned before, if you fly a drone for a company, you need to get certified. Um, It's being a remote pilot, getting that remote pilot certification, and that training was pretty rigorous. Uh, Both Ashley and I went through it and have our certifications. So that too, getting that. Ashley, would you like to add on anything? That I passed? Yes. (laughs) So um, to our viewers, uh, as Victoria said, you have to complete training with the FAA. And so it's, you have to go to a testing center. It's a, you know, you have to have, you know, be in a computer. It's like you're back in standardized test or like SAT land or GREs passing one of these like really intense standardized tests. So we both passed. I passed mine last week, which was really exciting. And yeah, I'm ready to fly the drone this summer. Nice. Yes. Yeah, so you can maybe then see some of these challenges that Victoria was experiencing yes. last <laughs> season. And you can experience it all for yourself. So then looking ahead to this season and looking at the drone work, what are the plans? Give us the details about maybe what we can expect. Are we just continuing on with some of those goals as last summer? Is there anything new in the works? Yeah, we're actually planning on, you know, continuing some of that work that was started with the balloon study. So that was really, you know, a preliminary mm-hmm. tool to use uh, or a pilot study. And then last year, the drone testing was again kind of, you know, getting our feet wet per se and really testing out what are the challenges with this? What can we do with this tool, which is really an incredible one. And we're really focused, I think this summer, um, on that spotting efficiency. So under what environmental conditions, so whether sea conditions are gonna impact our ability to see sharks with this platform. So we're really focused on that. And I think I'm, I'm really excited for the outcomes of it. Then looking at drones work, you know, we do have uh, many collaborators that we do collaborate with on different research projects. And I know there is a collaboration with this drone project as well. So Victoria, would you like to explain what those, or say what that collaboration is? Sure. Uh, We are pairing our drone technology with some underwater acoustic arrays that the Center for Coastal Studies, a scientist through the Center for Coastal Studies put out off of a few beaches. And it's really cool because the drone itself has a GPS inside. 
So whenever we fly transects, we can get that data back and see exactly where the drone was at a certain part of the day and what it was doing, where the gimbal was, where the camera was looking. It's pretty high tech stuff. And we pair our technology with his technology and we're able to see if there was a tag shark swimming through that array at the same time that the drone was flying over that array. And we could see if we've seen the shark or if we didn't see the shark. And if we didn't see the shark, we could see what environmental conditions were occurring that day and kind of add to it and form, form some conclusions that way. That's really exciting. So then looking at drone video footage or balloon video footage, you know, obviously being the dynamic coastline that Cape Cod is, I'm sure you are seeing other things just besides sharks. So I would love to hear from both of you some of maybe the coolest things that you have seen. So I'll start with Ashley on this. All right, my initial <laughs> my initial thoughts were I have two favorite memories with okay. the balloon. Since last year I was not around because I had a baby, yes. but uh, so I did not fly the drone, but for the balloon, my two favorite memories are one day when I was looking at the screen, um, flying the balloon, and the balloon was up in the air, I was on a shark, and then a second shark came into the field of view, and I was geeking out. It was pretty embarrassing, <laughs> to be honest. I was like, I think I was like stomping my feet in the sand were, out of yeah. pure excitement, <laughs> and it was really cool. The sharks, you know, didn't come close to one another. They kind of just passed separately. There wasn't an interaction, but it was just so exciting that I, I couldn't believe that there was two sharks in the same, like, in my field of view. I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And then my second favorite memory with the balloon was I saw, or we we all saw, um, um, so the balloon, as Victoria mentioned, was 12 feet. And so at certain times of the day, the balloon shadow would actually pass over the water. And one shark was super curious and came and approached the balloon shadow and circled it and then swam away because it was nothing but i we were all like oh my gosh it's coming towards the balloon shadow <laughs> and like sure enough it it did and it like circled around it and then and then went on its merry way and i was like wow this is amazing that's cool amazing animals you wonder what that shark was thinking because like they see this like darker you know thing yeah. in like their field of view and then they're like what is this yeah, like i want to investigate there like, yeah, I wonder what's going through its head. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. And then, so Victoria, the same question. The most interesting thing, your favorite thing you've seen. I also have two. Okay. <laughs> the first one, so to back up a bit, when you're flying the drone, you need to at least have two people working with you. One person is flying the drone, obviously, and the other person is your visual observer, making sure you can see the drone and the drone is not interacting with any other thing in the sky, like planes, and just keeping an eye on things. So last summer, um, our seasonal, seasonal research technician, Kelly, was flying the drone. And I was looking at it, and she, she was upon something that we first thought was a shark. And we're looking at it, and Kelly's looking at the screen. She's like, I don't think this is a shark. And then we're looking at it more, and we found out it was actually a tuna. Mm. And it was really, really cool to see the tuna. We saw the tuna poop. Very awesome. And the tuna was going down and up and down. And it was just amazing. Amazing to see. Um, so that was cool. It wasn't a shark, but... Tunas are pretty cool. Tunas are cool. And the second memory, mostly because this is a shark, but it's another thing too. Um, I'm a bird nerd. I've gotten into birding <laughs> since I moved up here. Um, so there was this one shark that I was flying the drone over. And um, it was sticking towards the surface, and then all of a sudden it dove down towards the bottom. And I was like, oh, maybe there's something down there that's trying to check out. 
and then a cormorant just launches itself up from the surface, probably on a dive, looking for something to eat, and then starts bobbing along the water. And the shark follows it up too. Doesn't really do anything with it, just checking it out. But it was cool to see that kind of, that interesting behavior, the observation behavior that was going on yeah. there. They're so curious, aren't they? They are, they are. Just little curious sharks, mm-hmm. just checking things out around them. Yeah. I, I think it's so interesting that because of how dynamic our coastline is, that we get to see so many different and interesting things. I know the videos that you all have shared with me to post on our social media, like the large schools of fish that like white sharks are just swimming through and they're not even like attempting to feed. They're mm-hmm. just like, eh, there's just a little, like as I like to say, they're swimming through a, a school of goldfish essentially, you know, <laughs> like it'd be like just like two, like just a little snack for them, but they just keep swimming. The fish part their ways almost like just letting the shark do its thing and it's I don't know I always enjoy it so I like don't know what I would do if I like get to like look at that all day yeah that schooling behavior is really cool to see from the air so then looking forward to this season um you've already described some of these amazing things you've already been able to see but is there something that you like really want to see this coming season in summer to fall 2023 I will start with Victoria this time Sure. <laughs> I think we both have uh, the similar answer, but definitely a predation event on a seal from a white shark. Um, and it would be great if we could see the whole event too. So eyes on the shark, seeing the seal in frame and getting the shark's approach, because that's something that is really difficult to, to see because they're very stealthy animals. Um, so seeing how they approach their prey in that way would be really cool to see from the drone. And then Ashley? I really don't have much more to add because that's exactly what I would love to see too. I haven't even seen like bits and pieces of a predation event. So, you know, even if I get the end bit, (laughs) I would be okay with that. (laughs) Yeah, it's for how many seals and, you know, our growing population of sharks we have here off of the coastline, you would think it would be something that would be seen every day. Mm -hmm. And it's not. You know, like how many days a week is um, our tagging team out versus our ecotourism team? You know, our ecotours during the summer and fall is out six days a week. Mm -hmm. And I think last year, I think we saw maybe one, two. Like, you know, it's so rare to be seen. So, yeah, to see that from the drone from beginning to middle to end would be really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Yes. So then I like to say thank you to you two for coming on today. I am really excited to get this field season up and going and I can't wait to see all the updates throughout the way for anyone that's listening and maybe wants updates about the current field season please follow the Atlantic White Shark Conservancy on all of our social media and get ready for the next season of Gill's Talk that's going to be coming at the end of the summer we will release a next season release date as it gets closer because we're going to have these wonderful ladies back to be able to maybe do a little bit of an update of what they've been seeing maybe by then they will see a predation so I give them I give them the best of luck so again thank you Ashley and Victoria for coming on today thank you yeah thank you so much for having us it's been great 